there's like a tapping. One of my neighbors is like ding 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 ding. The floor above you. <laughs> EFT is happening above me right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's funny. On this podcast, we share our experiences with the energetic practices that have changed our lives. Our mission is to encourage you to explore and experiment on your healing journey to find what works best for you. Thanks for listening. And now for the show. Welcome everybody to Is This Shit Legit? Episode 3. I am Carrie M and this is... Hi, hi five Heather. Thanks for being here. So last week we talked about a modality that Heather was well-versed in, human design. And this week we are going to switch over to something I am well-versed in, which is EFT. Have you heard of it, Heather? I have, yes. The emotional freedom technique. So I have to get this out of the way at the top, okay. of, the, top of the show. I think that is a weird name. As I someone who's like gone through the courses and understands where it comes from, it's a weird name. What What are your thoughts on the name? Yeah, I think it's called EFT for a reason. Mm -hmm. Because emotional freedom technique does sound kind of weird. I it totally sounds kind of fake. It sounds like you're like naked in a forest dancing around, which like I'm pro naked in a forest dancing around. But like, by the way, I just did that this last weekend. Did you? Okay. Do yeah. you? <laughs> I went away to a women's retreat. There was legit dancing in the forest naked. Nice. Cool. Okay. See, now maybe that's not a good analogy because I like dancing and being naked. But like when you're like talking about therapy type therapeutic stuff and then they're like, it's emotional freedom technique. It makes it sound like you're like. It sounds corny. Yeah. It sounds like it's some weird white guy with like those round circle glasses telling me how I'm going to reach nirvana, you know? And I'm like, no, thanks. I'm not into this. Whatever it is you're talking about, dude. So EFT is what caught on for a reason. Mm -hmm. Carrie happens to be a certified practitioner in this modality. So she's actually did a whole session with me, told me all the different points. I'd already been familiar with it, but she gave me like the, I'll just use the word, legit. Spoiler alert, <laughs> it's legit. <laughs> on all the different acupressure points to to tap on and how to phrase things and the whole protocol and it was actually really fascinating to learn cool yeah so today I want to go through a little bit of the history of where it came from and then also go through the three different types that there are then talk about the way it's kind of been used through social media and then the way that I was taught to use it and yeah. And then you can ask your questions all through. I don't know. Does that sound good? Yeah. It's funny because when you say use through social media, that was actually my first introduction to it was yeah, through yeah. this gal, Gala Darling, High Vibe Honey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she she would do these um, Instagram and YouTube like tapping sessions with these mantras and you would just follow along with her doing it and mirror her on the screen. And it was really cool. I did that for quite a while. I mean, social media is definitely like, that's a lot of the stuff that I've tried out. I've learned, maybe not learned through social media, but I was introduced to it through mm -hmm. someone else doing it on there. And I'm like, Ooh, what's this thing that they're doing? And then you go dive deeper through that. In fact, yeah. well, I got into EFT through 
a coach who I found through social media, but it was definitely like in a coaching session that she used EFT. So I wouldn't say that like I learned about EFT through social media. I learned about it through a coach. Okay. Take it away. What's the history? Where does this come from? The history is it has two different origins. If you want to think of that, one of the origins would be ancient in Chinese medicine. And the other one is in the 1980s. So, okay. so for anyone who's never heard of EFT, emotional freedom technique, the very quick overview. So you're not like totally lost in what we're talking about is you tap on certain points of your body and that can help relieve anxiety and tension and chronic pain and things like that. Relieve, not cure. It helps relieve those things. The idea when I say it comes from like ancient Chinese medicine is that it's tied back to acupuncture. This is where the idea came from is I believe Dr. Goodhart is the the original guy in the 60s who started to learn acupuncture. Dr. Now, Gordon, acupuncture or acupressure? Acupuncture. Interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So in the 60s, Dr. George Goodhart was a chiropractor who started to learn more about acupuncture because he wanted to help people with their body. Obviously, he's a chiropractor. He's focusing on kinesiology. So that is a lot of what EFT is about is like the mind-body connection, the kinesiologist. Mm -hmm. So it comes from body work therapy. It comes from people who are interested in like how to make your body function better. Okay. While like making that connection that your mind and your body are not separate, right? Like your mind functions with your body and your body functions with your mind. I've even heard recently that your your body is actually your unconscious mind. Yeah. So that's like a thing. So, I mean, just to go down a little tangent of my own philosophy of how the human body works is like chemicals and peptides go off in your brain. Like we have stimulus that's external, seeing a person or seeing something outside of ourselves. And then the chemicals and the peptides happen in your brain. You have a chemical reaction of like, how do I respond to the stimulus? And then that moves into your body and makes an action happen, right? That makes you pick up a fork and eat this yummy food that's in front of you, or it makes you run away because someone looks really scary in front of you. Like you have your brain sends things into your body to tell your body what to do. And so even though it feels like it's like instinct when like someone jumps out behind a corner and you jump back, like that feels instinctual. Like it was just your body reacting. It was your brain sending stuff into your body to react. And so A lot of times we can get stuff stuck in our bodies. A lot of times we refuse to feel something, especially when it comes to things like grief. If somebody dies or if you lose a job or something and we think, I'm just going to be really positive about this and I'm not going to feel that because we get scared of feeling that like deep sadness. I know that I've, I've had that fear. Like if I allow myself to go into this and feel this, I'm going to be stuck there. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be stuck in this low vibrational emotion like I want Mm -hmm. to feel good and so just fearing of going to that place instead Mm -hmm. of allowing myself to move through it and come out the other side that's something I've definitely had to learn so from like a kinesiology standpoint there's a school of thought that we're literally sticking things getting things stuck in our bodies by saying like I'm not going to feel sad right now or I cannot process this right now I'm not going to be angry about the way that person treated me because I have things to do And that can sit inside your body because like I said, your brain is creating chemicals, putting it into your body to tell you how to act. And then you're not acting on it. You're not moving through it. You're not processing it. And so it'll sit somewhere. It'll find a muscle to just hang out in. And that's where you get like neck tension from. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah jaw tension and things this is why we get like when we're stressed like why a massage feels so nice when you get a massage and you're like oh my god I feel so much less stressed as you're releasing a lot of that stuff that you've just been holding on to in your body yeah I actually had this retreat where there was naked dancing in the forest mm-hmm. it was also part of like this rage ceremony Ooh, fun. <laughs> we were like being walked through how to like um process rage in like a healthy way because it's it's um it's an emotion like anything else where um it needs to be expressed and me being someone who was like afraid to go there I was holding that tension in my body and when I was given the opportunity to actually just like let it all out and like scream into the forest and like stomp my feet and throw wave my fists in the air like oh my god I felt such a release from that and like actual some chronic tension that I held in my neck is gone now yeah I'm like oh okay that was all that rage that was just hanging out right there Mm -hmm. and I do want to say it's natural to not necessarily want to feel your emotions it's natural to hold on to some things and to be tense especially if you're not in a place where it's appropriate to process those things openly at that time, then you might need to like push something down while you're, you know, like driving your car. You can't like, you know, start bawling your eyes out or something. And so you hold on to that to tap into it later. What a lot of us don't do is go back to it, right? We're like, we'll just leave that there. And then it becomes chronic neck tension over years of never going back to it. (laughs) So it's okay and natural and normal to, have stuff stuck in your body I think that's just part of the human existence is there I don't think there's any person out there who's like I never ever don't process an emotion like everything flows through me freely yeah I feel perfect like that is an okay place to be if you if you're holding on to past stuff it's very normal very normal it's just mm-hmm. the way you operate and that's why I think it's so important to have all these different types of techniques and tools for starting to release some of that because mm-hmm. Once you do, it's like, holy shit, how much have I been holding on to? Yeah. <laughs> and that can be another episode too. There's another tool that I'm thinking of. I won't spoil it right now, but there is another tool that is like really good for like instant release. Mm-hmm. Talk about it another time. So many. But we're jumping way ahead now that I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> like we haven't even gotten like to this part. So I was talking about Dr. Goodhart is like super excited about acupuncture. So he's starting to learn about that. And so at some point he starts doing acupressure, like you pointed out. He starts mm-hmm. seeing, can I get the same results? with just pushing my thumb or pushing my hand in those pressure points. And so to back it up, if you're not familiar with acupuncture, it is the idea that there is energy that moves through your bodies through these certain, they call the meridians. It's kind of like channels mm-hmm. of energy pathways that go through your body. The chi. The chi. Yes. You have chi in your body. And so they will take these needles and they will poke you very lightly and and into these certain pressure points, essentially, and they can help move that energy. They can help get things flowing. So when things are stuck, it'll start moving those things. So that's the idea that he was working with, Dr. Goodhart was working with, was that if there's certain places where energy can get stuck or where we can help encourage energy to move, like, do I need a needle to do that? Can I do that with pressure? And anyone who's like an expert in Chinese medicine, please know that I am not, but this is just my rudimentary understanding of it. So then this guy, Dr. Roger Callahan, who I believe worked with Dr. Goodhart, I'm not sure of their exact 
connection, but he in the 80s created what we call TFT. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. What is this? The original form one. The The love child of EFT. (laughs) Well, it's the parent, the love parent of EFT. Okay, okay. TFT, and he called it thought field therapy, which I think is a much nicer name than emotional freedom technique. Yeah, that I can get down with. Yeah, and so this was the idea that you're going to tap. So like I said, EFT is tapping on certain points on your body. So this was where that idea came in is the acupressure. It was like acupuncture went into like acupressure and a therapeutic work or setting into tapping specifically. And so it started, I think, if I remember correctly, it started with him tapping on the other person is so it'd be like, you know, a practitioner in there tapping on the different points on your body. If you see EFT nowadays, it's usually self done. Most people yeah. tap on themselves. I've, it'd be kind of weird. I'm going to go get tapped. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get tapped today. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't mind it. To be completely honest. There may be people out there that still do it. I don't know. That's a good okay. question. If there's a practitioner out there who taps for you. But uh, yeah, so thought field therapy is the basic version. You don't say any words with it. The other person is tapping on you, although you can do this by yourself. It still exists. It's still out there. And they have these things that they call algorithms, which is basically just a pattern. And so when you have it, you like work on a specific issue. Like I have, I'm like, have a water phobia or I have anxiety or I have, you know, for phobias, for anger, for physical pain, like there's different things. And they give you a pattern of like the different places that you tap and how many times you repeat those patterns, those algorithms. And there's no words involved or anything. It's just doing like physical tapping on your body. And that's supposed to help provide you some relief from whatever it is that you're dealing with. Again, relief, not a cure. None of this is like, and you will never have this problem again. It's just when you're in that moment of it being really tough, You can do these things to help your nervous system calm down a little bit. Okay. Questions before we move on. Is this the thought field therapy that you're describing right now? Mm -hmm. Okay. Without words. So that lasted about a decade. And then this guy, Gary Craig, came through 1991. And he is the one who changed it to EFT. Okay. I'm not positive he calls it emotional freedom technique because there's another iteration that comes later that's definitely emotional freedom technique. But it's just labeled EFT in my notes. (laughs) So we've got EFT in 1991. This introduces the idea of speaking. So if you've ever done EFT, usually someone will say something as you're tapping on different points and you repeat them with them. I think you mentioned mantras earlier. That is where that came in. And it's less about a specific pattern for a specific problem. And it's more about doing like the same pattern and using those words to help bring those emotions to the surface. Yeah, that's yes. the part I always get messed up on is like, how important are the words that you're saying? Because I don't want to get into like NLP and all of that. But are you talking about the problem you're having? Are you talking about how you want to change it? That's where I always get mixed up about it. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts to go. Okay, okay. So we can kind of brush over this first iteration of EFT because then it becomes in 2002, about another decade later. Someone named Sylvia Hartman develops EFT energy, and that is what we all know today. That is what we all know and use is EFT energy, but most people just call it EFT. Again, don't love the name emotional freedom technique. It sounds a little bit culty. Oh, but I do have this fun little factoid too. In 2016, TFT, not EFT, became evidence-based an evidence-based practice by the U.S. Department of Health. Okay. That the USDH so, has a legit. It. For, yeah. <laughs> 
is says it's legit to use for therapy. So it says that it's seeing there's evidence that it's effective in as a treatment for all sorts of stuff for in therapy work. So that's that was kind of exciting when I learned that when I was going through the course that it's not just like because a lot of this stuff is like you're just gonna like tap on your face and not be anxious, like okay, weird. No, we like this doesn't how is this working? (laughs) (laughs) And so that was exciting to learn that the USDH actually has labeled it as an evidence-based therapy. So evidence to base meaning there's evidence that it's effective. Yeah, that's pretty cool that it's something you can do by yourself at any time. And you can do it in such a way too, where it's not super obvious. You don't have to use all the points mm-hmm. and help yourself come to a more relaxed state mm-hmm. if you're starting to spin out. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about the, we, we already kind of touched on it, but the mind body connection. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so a lot of this came from like chiropractors, from therapists working in the kinesiology spectrum. And so you want to, I want to pay attention to the reason why this really interested me is because I'm very physical in my therapy. I don't know the right word for that, but I feel very, a very, I feel very in tune with my body. So okay. I'm aware that my brain and my body are connected. And I think that is true for all of us. And I think we often separate those two, right? We often oh, think yeah. like, I'm just going to like process this logically and figure that out. Or like, I'm just going to go for a run and just like, you know, like people will say like running is my meditation or whatever. And they're like not drawing that connection that like they're moving something through their body, which is helping their brain process something. And yeah. so the nervous system is like the beautiful example of like your brain and your body, like your nervous system comes from your brain and it is inside your body. So when you feel super activated and like, Oh, I'm overstimulated. The first thing we do is we reach for things to help calm our nervous system down. I learned something really fascinating about, we talked about this a couple episodes back, the vagus nerve, Mm -hmm. how that actually runs all the way down from your brain through your heart to your Mm -hmm. stomach, connecting all three of the brains in your body. So Mm -hmm. we've got the brain inside our head. We've got the anertic nervous system inside of our stomach. And then our heart also has a huge electromagnetic field uh, with neurons and all of that. And so the vagus nerve runs through all three of them, which is why it helps us to really calm down when we can find a way to soothe that. Yeah, totally. So Exactly. Like your body is really important when it comes to your mental health. And I don't Mm -hmm. think people realize that the way that I would hope that they would. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I have my own stuff I need to work on too. It's just important to like, yes, you experience something and you want to think about it, but you also need to like physically process through it. Yes, exactly. And that's kind of like a lot of just in general therapy and stuff, they'll mm-hmm. talk about like feeling your feelings, That's but that. feeling is like literally feeling it in your body. It's not just like, oh, I feel angry and I'm mad. And then we think logically about that. It's literally like feeling like, where is that in my body? I'm sad. Where does that, where am I feeling that? Like my hands feel tingly or like my stomach feels like it's in knots or whatever. Like where, what sensation is coming up physically for you when yeah. emotions are happening? And that is what can help you process them. Okay, so that was a very vague history of how T how EFT came to be. Do you have questions about that? I pro- I do not claim to be like the historian in EFT. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it dates back to what you said 
ancient Chinese mm-hmm. medicine. And then it was kind of had a renaissance rediscovered in the eighties yep. and then has been like slowly updated and evolved since mm-hmm. then through many yep. different The fun thing about it is people keep kind of adding on to it. So kind of like we were talking about last week with human design and how it's kind of an experiment. Mm -hmm. That's also how I see EFT is like, we just kind of keep being like, well, that seems to work. What if we try this? Well, that seems like it's working too, or maybe this one, you know, like, and so we just keep kind of like adding little things onto it to see. Iterations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then let's talk about the points really quick for anyone who hasn't, I'm not going to go super in depth, but there's the a main basic set of different points that you can go through on your body if you want to do this. And you can definitely YouTube all sorts of EFT practitioners out there and they will walk you through it as well. But the reason I want to go through this is because there's like something specific that you should be looking for when you're finding the points on your body. It's not just tapping. And the first time that I learned this this is the reason I'm kind of passionate about this is the first time I learned this, this was not made clear to me. And so I was just kind of like tapping randomly Would they'd be like, you're, uh, you know, outer eye. And so I was just like tapping kind of on my temple and I didn't really know what I was doing. And once I went through the course and they really explained to me, like how you were supposed to be feeling, I was like, oh, I've not been doing that at all. Ah. A little bit duped where I was like, oh, they didn't explain that. They were just like top of your head. So I'm just like hitting the top of my head yeah, <laughs> and like, not actually looking for the right spot. <laughs> to get the the right position. In yeah, order. exactly. So basically, I mean, all of that is a very complicated way to say you want to feel like a kind of energy surge when you're tapping. So like the top of your head is the first one. That's one of your big points. You'll almost always start at the top of your head or it's like the first after you um, start from the side of your hand. Whenever you're tapping, you want to find like this little like kind of softer spot, like the soft spot on your head. But it's also like you'll feel a little energy serve. You'll feel that it feels different. It's not just you like tapping the top of your head, but it's like a little bit tender or maybe a little bit, I don't want to say painful necessarily. Tender, I guess is a better word for that. To me, like it honestly feels like a little like quick relaxation, like a little like, psh, like it releases the pressure and you're like, oh, that's the right spot, you know? Hmm. You can okay. like tap around on the top of your head. Are you doing it? Yeah. 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 You said a soft spot kind of in the middle of the top of the head. Yeah. It's just softer, not necessarily soft. But so when you're tapping the top of your head, you'll feel that you're just like tapping your bone or whatever. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you'll be like, oh, this feels slightly different. Oh, yeah. I think I found it. It's it literally does feel like the exact center of my head. Mm-hmm. There you Where's- go. Like a very minor divot. Yeah. And do you feel like a little bit different tapping that? Do you feel like a little sense of peace or a little energy surge? Yeah, actually I do. See? If I like just tap on a different part of my skull, nope. (laughs) Yeah, there's a space. There's like somewhere specific that you're supposed to be. And it's going to be slightly different for everybody. So you're going to, your spot's going to be exactly where it is for you. Mine might be a little bit more forward, a little bit more back, whatever. So top of the head is a good general instruction, but then you yourself want to be like your biggest advocate and kind of tap in like little circles around the spot until you can kind of feel that correct spot. And this is going to go for every single spot that you do. You want to kind of tap in small circles and up and down, back and forth to kind of see where you find that surge. Your sweet spot. Yeah, the sweet spot. (laughs) And the other thing to talk about too is tapping. So if you've literally never heard of this, yes, we're just talking about like 
tapping, like taking your finger and poking yourself over and yeah. over, and over again. <laughs> Do you use one finger, two fingers, three fingers? That is up to personal preference. Personally, okay. I like to do the, I put my middle finger on the back of my forefinger. So it kind okay. of like creates a stronger tap, if that makes sense. Okay. Or you can do two fingers. A lot of people like to do two fingers because you have a wider area, surface area. So it's easier to find the sweet spot. Yeah. So two fingers works really well. Or some people just prefer one finger. But literally, it's just you're going about like tap, 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 tap. That's about the speed. And you're literally just like poking yourself over again. And it's not like a super hard, you're not hitting yourself. It's just a tap, tap, tap. That's why it's called tapping. So the other places are, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, obviously, but there's like the inner eye and you want to find the kind of, this is where like your sinuses are behind your eyeballs. You know, when you have like a sinus headache and you can like rub the bridge of your nose and you're like, oh my God, there's so much pressure there. Yeah. That's the sweet spot for me. So your inner eye is like the inner point of your eyebrow. And then for me, it's like a little bit inside. But again, for everyone else, it might be a little bit different. So you kind of tap around until you find that sweet spot. And then the outer eyebrow, I'm sorry, you most people, this is the one that made me the maddest. Most people will say outer eye. And that was where I was tapping on my temple. And I learned for me, it's like the edge of the brow bone. Yeah, just follow the brow. Yeah. So it's like, while it is, yes, technically your outer eye, like it's more specific than like your outer eye like (laughs) I was just like outside on the side of my head like outside my eye (laughs) and it feels like a little divot there Mm -hmm. yeah a little indentation yeah so we'll stop there on the tapping points if you'd like to know more about the tapping points you can message me I'm happy to go through it with you or again you can YouTube pretty much anyone EFT the letters E, F, and T, and you will find all the tapping points. The, the big takeaways for me there, you want to find that sweet spot. You want to move around a little bit in small little circles and find that spot where you get like a little surge, a little, ooh, okay, yeah, that's the spot. Like, it's just kind of like your body will tell you that's where it is. And why that is so important is because you're trying to tap into that meridian highway, right? Those like channels of energy moving. And if we're just like hitting ourselves aimlessly, <laughs> While it is nice, like, I mean, it has also been, I think, shown that touching yourself is great, right? Like touching skin to skin contact is wonderful. And so you're not not benefiting from that. But you could benefit more if you take the time to like find where those little energy pockets are. Yeah. EFT feels really good. I don't know that I've met anyone that's done EFT and has not gone away being like, ah, I felt nice. (laughs) Okay, I feel a little bit better. Like it's always a rejuvenating practice, kind of like a massage or like if you go get your nails done or something like that. It's just one of those little self care things that you're like, oh, okay, (laughs) I feel a little rejuvenated now. Questions about tapping stuff? One hand, two hands, doesn't matter. Whatever you feel like, how does that work? Yeah, for me, I'm very laid back on like what you feel comfortable with. Let's do that. I prefer one hand. We will you do multiple rounds where you go through all the tapping points and then you do them again. And so I will usually alternate right hand the first time and then the second time I'll do my left hand and I'll keep alternating until I'm done because I like to balance things out that way. Yeah. Some people will do two hands. Some people will just do everything on the right side with one hand if they're that's okay. really there's really no wrong way in that like I don't think you're doing yourself a disservice if you have a particular preference okay and then I know you didn't talk about this point but there's one the karate chop point right yeah 
So that one has a name. Let me see. <laughs> Not called Oh, this is, yeah. Psychological reversal, the PR point, the psychological reversal point, and also most commonly called the karate chop point. Now, this is where uh, a lot of people will hit, like, okay, for the listeners, karate chop is literally like the side of your palm, where if you were going to karate chop a piece of wood, like that's the part of your hand that would be hitting that wood. Yeah. Fingers. From your pinky. Yeah. Right below the base of your pinky on the side. And so, again, this is something that you want to, like, kind of circle around and find that sweet spot, but it's on both ones. And according to the person who trained me, this creates a reversal flow of energy. So if you've got energy going one way and you start clapping, you start tapping there, it changes the direction, which is why it's called the psychological reversal point in TFT. I don't know. Honestly, that maybe might be a bridge too far for me where I'm like, can we really change the entire flow of energy? That seems like maybe that, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know enough about it to debunk that either. So yeah. Okay. Okay. But so it is a very special point. And so if you ever feel if you're doing EFT and it's either like not working, you're not tapped into it, or if it's like way too overwhelming and overstimulating, people tell you to go back to your karate chop point. Just like that's where you can ground, kind of like in yoga where they're like, just do child's pose. Okay, so this is a child's pose of EFT. <laughs> exactly. This is your child's pose. Just go back to the karate chat. Ooh, that feels really nice. I'm doing it right now and it does feel really good. <laughs> and this is the one that I was referring to. You can just do with your hands under a table. Mm-hmm. You're like kind of freaking out and you're out in public and whatever. Yeah. Because it just looks like you're fidgeting. It's your one hand tapping your other hand, you know, yeah. like it just looks like you're fidgeting with your fingers or whatever. It doesn't look like you're, you know, like a monkey tapping the top of your head, like <laughs> you <were> fucking <laughs> or maybe it just looks like you're kind of itchy or whatever. And you're like scratching the side of your hand. No one's going to, yeah. my point is no one's going to comment on it. No one's going to be like, what are you doing here? What's wrong with your hands? Like, Yeah. What are you doing under the table? (laughs) Don't worry about it. So that is a really good takeaway from EFT. If you never do EFT, still just tapping that little karate chop point can give you some, some relief from anxiety, some relief from chronic pain, all those things. Let's see. What were the other things that I had in here to talk about? The words. Words. This is the part that I always get messed up on like mm-hmm. I got the points down whatever but I'm always like afraid that I'm doing it wrong as far as the words and then I'm like wait can I create damage instead of undoing it like is <laughs> I breaking can... myself further yeah because you know in the whole NLP world they're like you know your your words are like commands that your brain is taking in and oh shit did I do am I causing more damage I would say no. I do know that there is a school of thought out there that is like your brain doesn't know the difference between reality and fiction. I I don't buy into it. I think your brain does. Our brain is made to be a skeptic, right? Our brain is made to be like, do I believe this? Like our brain is made to keep us alive. And so while I do think we can do ourselves a disservice by like running ourselves down constantly and insulting ourselves and thinking that yeah. we're not good enough. I don't think that our brain takes literally every single thing that we say as fact and truth. So like we can, we can question our own reality. That's one of the things that makes us human. So I don't think you're going to break yourself (laughs) by what you choose (laughs) to do, say in EFT. And, but I will say 
it is really helpful to go with the first thing that comes to mind. A lot of people tend to question themselves and they're like, they'll come up with a phrase that they want to say. And they're like, no, not that, that's stupid. Or, oh, that's that's not specific enough or whatever. And then they'll start, you know, backtracking and trying to like make it perfect. And you don't have to do that. Welcome to my world. (laughs) Just pick the first thing that came up, even if it sounds weird and go with that and see what comes up for you. This is also a recommendation for journaling as well. If something comes up, lean into it because that's probably what your body was throwing into your brain at that point too. That's another interesting thing about EFT is talking about like how your brain sends stuff into your body and your body then sends stuff back into your brain. Mm. And so when you access your brain and you go, okay, what do I want to tap about today? Or like, I'm feeling anxious. Why am I feeling anxious? And then a thought pops in there. That's the emotions that were stuck in your body somewhere launching themselves back into your brain your elbow or whatever is like yeah remember last week when that coffee person was rude to you at the shop or whatever and you didn't process it like you know what I'm saying yeah yeah that might be a woo too far for some people but it's where my brain is (laughs) I'm with you yeah e or tft if you remember there are no words you just tap eft you literally would only say the negative thing that you were like usually like if it's like a phobia if you have like spider phobia you talk about your fear of spiders and you would just tap while you're talking about your fear of spiders and then you would end your session and you wouldn't like close it up with like the alternate positive version of that so that's where EFT energy comes in that is the Uh, in 2002 uh, EFT energy was like okay we need to like confused because there's so many different iterations of it that say all these different ways of doing it got it mm-hmm. yeah so eft energy came through and was like well they also introduced the third eye point so you start okay. tapping in the middle of your forehead kind of right above mm-hmm. your brow okay that wasn't around until eft energy and then they introduced balancing that negative statement with the positive statement so like let's say i go to an eft practitioner and i say i've got like you know this chronic back pain and i just don't know what to do about it if they were just doing EFT, they'd be like, all right, what do we want to say about that? It's like, even though I've suffered with chronic back pain, I deeply and profoundly love myself. Yeah. You know, I love and accept myself. Exactly. So we usually couple that, um, this is still just the EFT negative, but you'll say that negative thing, negative quote unquote, but the thing you're struggling with and then say, and I also love myself. I deeply accept myself. I deeply and profoundly love myself so that you can like, in that NLP, tell yourself, like, even though I have this issue, that doesn't make me a bad person. That doesn't mean yeah, I'm not. It's like showing, showing self-compassion. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> EFT energy then gives you a second one where they say, okay, like, what do we, where, where do we want to be? Where do we want to go from here? And so you'd start with, even though I've suffered with chronic back pain, and then you'd move on to, I choose now to move free, like to, move freely through my back something like that okay does that okay. make sense yeah yeah it's like the intention the healing intention you have yeah that's a great way to phrase okay. it okay okay so you start with like acknowledging the thing and then you put your intention of where you want to go from that so there's also like those people out there that are very anti saying the bad thing like they don't want to introduce the negative <laughs> things into their life because they're like then we're going to get more negative or negative attracts negative right yeah yeah the value I see in that is that's how we process stuff is just acknowledging it. Because if we don't acknowledge those kind of things, they sit there unacknowledged waiting to be acknowledged. Just ignore that elephant in the room. Pretend it's not there. 
Right. There's no elephant. What are you talking about? There's what no elephant. elephant. <laughs> I don't see an elephant. Right, exactly. And then it just sits there and it grows and it becomes a bigger problem over time. So the best way that I've found and that many people have found to put the elephant under a rug. <laughs> what rug? There's no rug and there's no elephant. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, all right. Go on. <laughs> but yeah, the best way that I and many other people have found is to acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge like I've struggled. Like I've worked with people who have talked about like, even though I feel like I'm a failure as a mom, like, you know, like mm -hmm. that's like something that you don't want to necessarily, that's like definitely something you'd want to be like, no, I'm not going to say that because then I'm going to like make that my reality. I don't want to acknowledge that, but acknowledging it allows you to process whatever feelings got you to that point, you know, uh, like there were plenty of situations that got you to the point where you were scared that you might be a failure as a mom and they're still in your body somewhere hanging out because you're scared to feel them. You're scared to acknowledge that you might be a failure as a mom. And so tapping can help you can help you move that through your body. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's a good thing. Okay. It is a good thing. And so it's really important for me to tap through on like the negative part of what it is that I'm struggling with because I'm acknowledging it. I'm bringing it to my surf to the surface and I'm like giving it the space to move through me. Okay. Like, I see you and you can move through and then we can move on. Right. I guess we can't process something that doesn't exist. So yeah, yeah. Well, there's no elephant. So, I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then the positive statement, like you said, it's a little bit easier to understand. It's your intention of like, okay, I feel like I'm a failure as a mom moving forward. I choose now to like cherish the time with my kids or I choose now to see all the good things that I've done for my family or all the good things that you know like being a mother has brought me whatever might feel resonant for you does that make sense yeah yeah and it's not to diminish the negative feelings that you had it's just to say this is where I was and here's my intention of where I'd like to go from here so the tapping portion is bringing relief to your nervous system and then what's the purpose of the words then? Are we setting a program? Is it like a, just to like acknowledge so we can examine the feelings and then create a new intention? Is there some deeper psychological unconscious work that's happening with the words or? I think it's a marriage. Like it's a marriage of my brain and my body are connected. And so I'm getting them on the same page. Okay. So the tapping helps with your nervous system. The tapping helps start moving that energy through your body so that you're feeling a little bit more loosey-goosey, a little bit more relaxed. And then the words are helping bring up what is moving through your body, what is making okay. you feel that way. And we're kind of getting our brain and our body on the same page, which can help you be more intuitive with what you want in life, more intuitive with your choices so that we're not, we don't have that dissonance of us fighting our brain and yeah. our body. Okay. You know? Yeah, thank you. That's, Does that I mean, answer the question? Yeah. So most people, well, that's what I was going to say, talking about with social media. So there's two different ways that I've really seen EFT come about in the modern era. And one of them is more of like, for lack of a better term, like the generic EFT. And this is like what you're going to, what you were talking about where you, and what I've mentioned many times, go to YouTube. You can find people doing EFT. That is more generic because it's not going to be personalized to you. They're going to give you mantras to say that don't necessarily apply to your life, but are usually pretty generic of like, you know, I want to be a boss babe or whatever. And you're like, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to be a boss babe. We're I in. I want to be a boss babe. <laughs> I'm sad that I'm not currently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though I'm not. I completely love and accept myself. Exactly. 
I deeply and profoundly love my non-boss babe self. <laughs> the shortcoming of that, like the great part about that is it can access tons of people. It can introduce tons of people to EFT. People can get like that nice quick relief that EFT can present to you. But the shortcoming is that it doesn't really work on like specific problems. It doesn't really work on like your own tailored issues that you have. It's just kind of like, Going to a masseuse, if you just go to a general, like, you know, spa masseuse, who's not like super trained in body work or whatever, but just has this generic spa thing, it's a nice massage. Did you go away with like your fixed shoulder that you've had, like, you know, like a bad shoulder for whatever? No, they didn't fix that. They didn't do any of those stuff, but they nice and like release some tension in your back and it felt good. That's kind of what I view the internet EFT as. And then if you want to go really deep into it, you can get an EFT practitioner and they can talk to you and learn what it is that you're wanting to work on and learn what we need to, the direction we want to go. And they will tailor make you EFT practices that you can use at any time. You don't need them there to do it. And that can help you work through a whole lot of stuff. Mental health issues are a big one for this anxiety and ADHD and things like that, as well as like chronic pain or phobias fear of flying, fear of heights, those kind of things. You can help kind of calm your nervous system when those situations present themselves. And is that something that you do as an EFT practitioner for clients? Is that something you're available for? Yeah, absolutely. I do have EFT services that I offer. So you're welcome to reach out to me and we can work on that. I generally, as of late, it's been mostly gifting to people. So like for raffles and stuff, I tend to find myself in a lot of raffles, (laughs) but it's a service that I can provide for someone that's fun. Like, you know, Hey, you want a free EFT session. And so that's a lot of, but I am happy to work with anyone on EFT. It is very fun. It is very exciting. I enjoy the one-to-one. I'm not one who's going to be out there on YouTube doing the like very generic, whatever, it's just not where my path is. There's a, no sh- no shade to anybody out there who does that. Because like I said, it gets it the word out and it makes it more prominent, which I think is it's such an easy tool to just yeah. tap on your body and help yourself feel a little bit better in a stressful situation. So I love that people are getting the word out. In my life, I like to work one-on-one and really get into the nitty gritty. And that's a really very light overview of EFT. There's so much, I'm looking at my notes in front of me, there's so much that I didn't even touch on But we're not here to teach you everything about We're not here to tell you exactly how everything works. We're giving you the rundown. Yeah. From your point of view, Heather, is there anything that you like would still have questions on if you knew nothing about EFT and you're listening Mm -hmm. to our conversation? What did we miss? No, I think we covered all the different points as far as like, where do you tap? How do you tap? What does that all look and feel like? And then then marrying the words in with it and how that works and the point behind the words and what they're meant to do. So as far as I know about the world of EFT, I think we've pretty well covered it. My personal experience with it is, like I said at the beginning, um, I was introduced <laughs> to it through through Instagram and YouTube. And that was really fun, a fun way to learn it and to start to practice it. And then I had that session with you where you taught me like way more in depth how to do it. And then most recently, I've been taking this integrative change work certification. Mm -hmm. This is about learning how to work with the unconscious mind as just a training to go into my own coaching work and help out with that. But they used EFT, like a very quick down and dirty version of it. Mm -hmm. 
as a tool that we can share with clients for helping themselves, like teaching how to do it. Because it has been, like you said, proven to actually work, to actually be effective. Evidence-based. Evidence-based, yes. I personally have used it in spurts. It hasn't been a tool that I've been super consistent with just because I love to use lots of different things. And this one is harder for me to actually see if it's making a difference. And I'm not sure if it's because I had the incorrect expectations of outcomes Mm -hmm. or if I was doing it incorrectly or yeah, probably just an expectation-based thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard to, especially someone who has perfectionist tendencies, when you're like left to your own devices to pick your own words, like you tend to stress out too much about like, am I doing this correct? Did I say the right things? And what, you know, and then that gets frustrating. And then it's like, I don't want to do this because it's frustrating. Oh my God, you're on my mind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's my secret power. Yeah. But how about you? Like how, what impact has it had for you as an individual? And like, you obviously believe in it. You're a practitioner of it. I have really loved it. There's not really been, I mean, aside from the name, I really don't like the emotional freedom technique name, but I prefer calling it EFT or tapping. It's made an impact. It was one of like the first time I ever did it. I told you was with a coach and she like led us through a tapping thing. There was a few of us in the group and it was like night and day. Like, and I was already in a good mood because I was like in my coaching thing and I was like, woohoo, we're coaching or whatever and stuff. And then she's like, all right, sit on the couch. We'll do these. She walked us through it. And it was like opening my eyes after that. And I was like, holy crap, what the fuck just happened? Like, I don't know how I feel so different after like 10 minutes of just like tapping on my body, but what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was wild how different I felt instantly. And so it's now something like I do have an anxiety disorder. And so occasionally I walk my dog a lot and occasionally I will have too much stimulus outside and I can feel yeah. it. And I'm like, I don't want to be outside right now, but I have to, because I have to walk my dog. That is when I tap into it. I'll tap into it a lot. I tap into tapping <laughs> because it can help alleviate. Like I've said many times already, it is not a cure for anything. It's not going to like stop you from ever having anxiety ever again, but it's something to help alleviate and relieve those symptoms in the moment. Yes. yes. It's a tool that I lean on. Okay. Okay. Very cool. So it's one that's used to calm the nervous system. Is it something that would help to create new neural pathways? I suppose if you're using it to help yourself calm down and come into a a more regulated state, you're already creating that diversion. Yeah, I think so. I think that the result you would get there is that you're going to get calmer faster or you're going to be less less overstimulated in those situations if you lean on it enough if you're doing it consistently and you're getting as a result you're creating new neural pathways yeah okay so it actually would be a tool for creating new neural pathways changing habits Mm -hmm. to create change overall that's pretty cool i love that yeah, yeah you said ten minutes, and that really surprised me. Maybe that's my shortcoming. Maybe that's where. Do you I, do shorter than that or longer? Yeah, shorter. Oh, I'd, yeah, okay. I'd be like a minute or two. <laughs> well, no wonder it wasn't working. 
work yourself up to like 10 minutes. So yeah, I mean, you can do you can do a really quick session if you want, but there's also you can go through as many rounds as you want of all the tapping points. And yeah. a, a good tapping session for me is like 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. And honestly, that's hardly anything. But it's like a meditation. It's like a yeah, meditation. Okay. Then I, wow, I don't know. I was so surprised by that. 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Give it 10 minutes. So let's go ahead and give this a legit rating. So for me personally, now that I realize I haven't been doing it long enough and giving it a real fair shake and consistent enough, but overall the impact that it's had on my life so far, I would give it a six out of 10. Yeah. Not that I don't believe in it because I totally believe in it. I just haven't. <laughs> well, no, I think that's fair. I mean, these ratings, right, are about like how much has it impacted our lives? And if it hasn't impacted your life a ton, then, I mean, six out of 10 is obviously still the majority. Like, that's still a good rating. Yeah. You got to be honest, right? Yeah, I believe it's that's a totally popular. effective tool. The amount I've delved into it, I have to give it a six out of 10. Yes. Six out of 10. Okay. And I would say I'm, I'm waffling between 8.5 and 9. Like, it's definitely changed my life for sure. I became a practitioner of it. It was like eye-opening for me when I started doing it. But also like, it was also just another tool that I was like, okay, great. I love this tool. I'm putting it in my toolbox. So yeah, I would say it like changed the trajectory of my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. 8.75. Let's do 8.5. Now 8. that I just 5. talked myself down off the nine. Okay. So I'm going to say 8.5. Plus 6 8. plus 5. Oh, are you, you're doing the math yeah. this time? Divided by two. Okay. Divided by two. <laughs> 7.25. 7. 7.25 is uh, 7.25 out of 10 for ESP. Is this shit legit rating? Official rating? Official. Is this shit legit? 7.75, right? Or 7.25. 7. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great for memory, guys. <laughs> so uh, that's all we have for you today in this episode of Is This Shit Legit? Yes. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to give it a five-star rating, review, interact with it. So the internet gods will boost our show to more people who will enjoy it. And you're always welcome to reach out to me at carrie.m if you have any questions, comments, or just want to continue the conversation. And Heather, how can I find you? Yeah, same at hi.vibe.heather on Instagram. We'll see you next week again with a cliffhanger because I don't think we've discussed what we're talking about yet. So we'll see you when, or not next week, two weeks from now. Yeah, super exciting. <laughs> I'm red and seen in our pants. Thank you.